you people should stop buying shitcoins, because shitcoins are a financial risk for society. Only buy Bitcoin before you get financially wrecked. Consult with a professional before investing. Have Ben on the line. Ben, are you there? I don't know. Am I? Oh, yeah, you are. Can Just you, a bit. Can you hear yeah, me? I can hear you. Yeah, you're live now. Okay. Awesome. So how's it going with can you, you man? Oh, pretty good. Thanks for uh, thanks for the the nice handoff segue there. It was an excellent segment. Um, I I really appreciated this perspective. I was like, oh, the art thing. I sometimes, you know, I love art, but uh, sometimes with Bitcoin, I'm just like, okay, yeah, that's it's great to like get the memes out. But man, those guys they think on another level, right? So uh, yeah, I, I really, yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I really appreciated their perspectives on, um, you know, the communities and like how that sh that shifts over time and. Uh, the, the community disappears under hyper-Bitcoinization because everybody's a Bitcoiner. I, I, I love that. Uh, I mean, there's uh, already no community there, just people who are Bitcoiners who want to right. cooperate together and do things together. And that's the whole point of it. And yeah. that's when we kind of come back to the whole point that, it, that there's culture behind it. And this is why Paranipolis, is hacker, when it does Hackers Congress, it should also employ the cultural aspects of it inside there. Even though it's a hackers congress, where there's a lot of bitcoiners, it have to cater to because there's a lot of bitcoiners who go there every year, also. Right. That's what I was going to comment on. Is that uh, I thought it's fun, kind of funny that it's this hackers conference, but bitcoiners just took over this live stream. And I mean, yeah. we probably have Max kind of to blame for that because you know he put us all <laughs> here. But I mean, regardless, I mean, it's a, it's a hackers conference uh, about um, how you know people can take the power back and and, and have their own liberties uh, you know against a freedom conference um, basically a yeah. freedom conference so I mean Bitcoin's got to be there man this is this is the future yeah. right with and, everything uh, from the people who code who do hacking the hardware the art and culture and the people who use Bitcoin they should be also there mm -hmm. even if they're just listening and then cooperating because hackers Congress is such a massive opportunity for people to organize to meet new other faces because here last year when i was there physically i met some of my good friends there and it's a lifelong friendship that people were able to build up there in hitachi's congress and it's like tomorrow's going to be the last day and you know even in this situation that's currently there it's it's very different than what it was a year ago there's yep. less people there more time to organize more uh, less people to meet it's good to see it growing, unique. dude. It's good to see it growing, and it's uh, I'm 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 honored to to be a part of it. So uh, just Definitely, do my little man. my little part here. Um, Roth, I think, is uh, going to be joining us at some point. You feel free to stick around too. We just kind of have yeah. a little bit of a, a open discussion that we're going to have. Um, sure, I gotta stick around for like ten minutes, and then I gotta go to sleep because at six a.m. I'm doing another segment. <laughs> I have to wake okay. Up. Well, cool. I mean, then I'll get your uh, your perspective here. Uh, my my original idea for a topic sure. was. Okay. Um, the idea that, uh, you know, and, and it's kind of in line with the conference a little bit, um, is that, you know, I think uh, Bitcoin is is a tool to bring, you know, liberty uh, and to to kind of usurp some power back from authoritarians. You know, um, if you think of the worst places in the world, how having a, a functioning money would uh, would help the citizens, um, you know, not necessarily like rebel in, in, in war, but um, rebel, you know, in a, in a peaceful protest, to borrow the words from Nick Carter. So uh, wondering yeah. what your thoughts on that, or if you wanted to expand on that at all, or talk about something completely different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Venezuelans only have the option to use uh, functional money like Bitcoin, because for them, that's that always going to remain 21 million Bitcoins. There's no more issuance beyond the, the, the hard cap. 
But if you take a what? look at other places, like for example, Paralipolis, that uses Bitcoin as a tool in order to achieve the freedoms that it try to seek. But I don't think if the execution is right in some sense, because they haven't been considering it as the only option. They they keeping it open because they are not sure about it being the real solution for them. I don't blame them for it because, you know, there's lots of people out there who say that you shouldn't be putting everything into one basket or, you know, all the eggs into one basket or something. or And like, it, it just kind of differs there. I do. Well, it depends about the time preference. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically that. Yeah. Also, people, for example, want demand, for example, like total privacy, like this is what I call like the high time preference privacy maximalists who are just going to run for like, you know, privacy coins immediately and then, you know, start demanding privacy right now. For them, they, they are in such situation that I don't blame them for that they are in, that they need immediately the privacy because they, they sense an immediate, immediate danger that they need to hide away from. And this is the problem for them that they need to solve. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, I do think that uh, even those people who are in a dire need of maximum privacy right now, they also do need to store their value. So they're probably going to use Bitcoin anyway. They just might be also interested about some other techniques. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Bitcoin right now is not really for people who are into privacy because Bitcoin <laughs> is terrible privacy. <laughs> like when you're walking around with your pants down. But uh, beyond that, there's other projects to try to like store that, like Samurai Wallet with Ripple and Wasabi Wallet. But I mean, beyond that, I don't know where it, where it can develop. You just need to like give it some time. You know, that's why we should have like low time preference because, you know, we just need to let it evolve by its natural courses. Because, you know, if, if Bitcoin dies, everything else is going to die. So why, why should we be worried about it? And, and privacy is always going to uh, require more effort. I mean, even if you think of privacy in the meat space world, uh, there's always going to be more effort to, um, you know, enshroud something in a little bit of secrecy to protect your own uh, liberties and your, your, your rights to keep things uh, to yourself. And then the argument about you know, why, why privacy is important. If anybody ever says to you, man, I, I got nothing to hide. Cause I, you know, I don't break the law or whatever. Well, you know, I always just ask them, do you, do you leave your windows open in your bedroom when you're changing? No. And you close the windows and you need to have the, the drapes on the, on the windows to close. So that's the extra effort. And it's always going to require that extra effort um, to protect your own privacy. And it does require um, effort on your part to do so. And just like, um, you know, Bitcoin teaches us to, to put the, the time and, and uh, effort into protecting our own wealth, um, we have to do the same thing for our privacy too. So uh, it yeah. is a process and the tools are being built, like you said. Um, it, 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 I, I think it's going in the right direction, but uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I hear the criticism. Uh, we're, Rafa and I had some ideas to talk about some of the, um, you know, to, to, to be realistic about Bitcoin and not just say that it's, it's the, you know, the God coin and it fixes everything. Um, all the time, easily, without any effort. It there, there certainly is... does not fix privacy and KYC. Right, it's a big problem. Yeah, like how do you feel KYC about adoption? Right, how do you feel about Lightning um, helping with privacy? Uh, I've seen kind of some stuff on both sides of that recently. Uh, yeah, I, I seen people splitting up over it because some people have issues with Lightning that when the fee market gonna start raising up, it's gonna be impossible to open channels. So that's like a big problem that someone Lightning have to solve. That I've been having ideas like maybe you could just like have like a Lightning network where there's a massive uh, uh, eCash, a Charmian eCash server that uh, basically every user 
downloads onto his node and then runs it from there. That could basically solve some scalability issues. But um, I don't know. I don't see it happening. But uh, in my opinion, Lightning is really, really great. It It is a valid uh, uh, solution to fix Bitcoin scalability problem. But other than that, I do observe the issues of other people who say that, for example, DDAV said that, that, uh, uh, that for example, uh, LN's LN strike is like uh, co-opting the Lightning Network by having Visa co-opt it in a way that it involves uh, the regulatory capture of the system, which I agree with completely. It might be possible, or it might be just you know him trying to you know create uh, some sort of a uh, marketing for or samurai wallet. I, I do not know that, but there's some truth to that because if you take a look at it there's so many kyc solutions coming into bitcoin that it kind of looks like everybody's everybody's kyc the government knows uh, uh, who owns what what they bought and then you kind of end up in this kind of a problem that that you know when in the us when they might you know bring back uh, a 6102 uh, executive order that in the past you know uh, confiscated gold from people it might happen in the us again because the us have precedent for it in Europe, we don't have precedent for these confiscations because, for example, here in Hungary, even during the time of socialism, the gold market was booming. People were, were doing gold jewelry, uh, graving into gold uh, jewelry, whatever else. And it was booming. Even in Czechia, Slovakia, as far as I know, there was a, a healthy gold market. And I just don't think that, that we have any history with this thing because we, are, we have a history of protecting private property more than Americans, basically, this way. Hmm. You bring up a good point, but I do think that, you know, like you said previously, uh, about even with main chain and lightning privacy, I do think that it totally depends on uh, how well do you know what you're doing and how the stuff works, because I do think that there is a lot of privacy enthusiasts interested in both of those, but they are the guys who probably can use it correctly. Uh, in a basic way, if you're just you know a newbie, you're gonna leave, gonna probably leave some like a lot of traces. You yeah, gonna, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like uh, for a first timer, it's not private at all. But if you take the time to learn uh, to use these tools, you can get a decent privacy. It depends, of course, like not maybe like a Snowden level privacy, but yeah, a decent one against at least your neighbors and stuff like that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. Like people not really educated about how these things work, and then they just you know jump head in. If for me, like it took like a good while until I started putting money onto my Lightning node. Actually, like only recently started messing around with it, and I'm gonna be opening my first channel soon. Because you know, I kind of like felt like it's you know it's kind of weird that it's it's a it's a external computer running outside, and I have to put my money on that thing. And it's connected to the internet. And what's gonna happen to the money on it? It's just kind of weird. <laughs> At least, you know, for someone new who's never really interacted with it other than on his mobile phone. Because I mostly use Breeze or other custodials. So. Well, listen, I mean, the, the history of the world is, is full of stories about uh, people that took risks and went out into the, the frontiers and the wildernesses and, and forged new trails and paths. And, and man, if those people didn't do that, uh, we'd still be stuck in a hut in the middle of a desert somewhere, probably. And, uh, man, risk is, uh, is an interesting thing because, uh, you know, there's this, there's this 
paradigm of that without risk, there is no reward really. Um, you know, if you just sit inside your house and you never do anything, you don't really risk, uh, uh, getting hurt going outside, but then you never get a chance to, to live your life. So, uh, we're at the frontier, um, you know, as, as Brady likes to say, the dawn of the Bitcoin renaissance. And it, it, it takes explorers like us, uh, tinkerers and um, all the all the great people working on all the software and building those tools, those privacy tools um, to kind of blaze some of these trails and, and, and you know, uh, explore these these uh, uh, these these routes to to the future. Right. And um that's kind of cool that, um, you know, I, I think of myself as an explorer in that. Now, I mean, on the other side of that, yeah, all I did was download some software that somebody else did, uh, made and, 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 and I'm, I'm working with it, but I'm learning about light. And that's why I actually, uh, I started building out my lightning nodes. So feel free to hit me up, Kara, when you, uh, when you do get there to opening channels, um, I've, oh, yeah, I've got, sure. <laughs> yeah, I've got a bunch open now and I've learned so much about the lightning network just from doing that. And that was my goal, really. You know, I don't, I'm not trying to spend all my Bitcoin like right now, um, but I, you know, I have the liquidity and it's interestingly enough, I have incoming liquidity too. So if I want to receive payments or uh, I'm purchasing somewhere and I want to receive on uh, Litecoin, I can do that in a self-sovereign way. And it, it takes time to be able to have that incoming capacity to do it. Otherwise you have to, to pay for it. And um, then you have to get into the time value of Bitcoin and the markets developing around that. And that's still a new thing. And, and I'm actually trying to earn money on the lightning network, um, earn sats. It's like, two sats a, a day or something like that but it's it's that's not, it's not nothing, it's not <laughs> yeah. nothing. Uh, all right that's yeah. an interesting one i mean uh, i did the uh, took a little bit easier path i just bought a noddle to myself maybe one and a half oh, year ago cool. yeah and you know it has helped me so much i mean it was worth every single penny it's just it has been so easy and it has most of the things that i would even dare to want uh in my own node and yeah i mean it has enabled me to try out many different programs and, and different application and things you know you can run your own electron server on it or btc pay server or uh yeah stuff like that and yeah for lightning there is this uh write the lightning like application and it's really just really awesome and yeah, that's the way I got into Lightning, and I've been using it ever since uh, for one and a half year now. And you know, I I don't route payments uh, for other people myself. Uh, I tend to just open every channel of mine as private. So there is these trade-offs that you can do. You know, you can optimize for a certain thing. If you want to try to make some income, you can route other people's payment. You need to think about much more about the uh, balances uh, on both ends of, of the channel. But yeah, that comes with time. You know, you just can't expect to learn everything in, in one day and yeah, just take your time and t try things out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, let's see, you want to get into uh, that, that topic you were talking about, Ralph? Um, the idea about uh, non-technical attacks of Bitcoin. I thought that was such a great idea. Uh, yeah, well, it was just a thought that, you know, I think that this conference has been uh, doing a really great and great job about, you know, telling about these different possibilities on how to defend yourself. But just to get maybe a little bit of 
perspective on what kind of attacks are we seeing against the tools that we are now praising and using or developing, you know, like social attacks and like maybe media or whatever, stuff like that. Right. So, uh, you know, m most hackers are well aware already, um, even though they spend a lot of time talking about these uh, uh, technical hardening um, you know, making sure firewalls and that the code is is correct and they're using cryptography. But um, mo most hackers and most penetration guys will tell you that social attacks are where the most damage can be done uh, very quickly, right? And so when you talk about the Bitcoin network and talk about a social attack on that, um, my, my first thought is that, you know, if I'm, let's say, a government that doesn't want to lose its hegemonic fiat currency, and uh, it seems like this thing is gaining steam, um, and that, uh, you know, like, uh, theoretically, like some kind of percentage of hyper Bitcoinization is actually underway. Right. You know, and they're losing 20 percent of the, the the purchasing power or something like that. It gets significant. And at that point, the Bitcoin, the Bitcoiners are running around um, kind of uh, swimming in in, in lar large uh Large vaults of, of Bitcoins, right? They're like Scrooge McDuck and everybody, you know, all the Bitcoiners are doing great. <laughs> What's that? 25% you said? Uh, that might be uh, actually too much by that time because right. this was, was something what we've been talking about at Plepsec uh, like in September. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there was some uh, discussion about this that, you know, government could basically co-op the system by forcing people to use their banking services. And with that, they would create this intranet Bitcoin system where people wouldn't be able to send out their Bitcoins. And if sure. they attack the social layer, if there is no social hardening happening, then they would be able to, you know, render the social networks uh, or the social spaces uh, power to counter government's attack completely impossible. Or, or, or like, how would I say, like... Uh, um, to lose its effect. So it, it wouldn't be able to attack back because, you know, now people who are using Bitcoin, they're just using an internet product of Bitcoin and now government could do whatever they want to Bitcoin. They could inflate Bitcoin, create new coins, you know, ban the movement of coins, keep, uh, you know, tracking right. them, where they're going and things like that. And then that would be the big problem. I think that's what you're kind of going at, right? You're right. And well, actually, that that wasn't the route I was heading down, but that's certainly um, one we can hit. Uh, you know, it's this is the same way that like hackers and security professionals will tell people, um, you know, to not write your password down and put it underneath your keyboard to change them off and to have different passwords for different end, um, to passwords for different uh, logins um, and not just use the same password everywhere. Well, the same way, you know, all the Bitcoin OGs, will you'll hear them repeated over and over and over again. Not your keys, not your coins, right? So that's uh, that's just well understood among our community. And we need to keep saying that until we're blue in the face and then keep saying it afterward. Because as long as we're using our keys, we're using our own um, software and we're verifying our own transactions, well, it's really hard to make a intranet because uh, I can send my Bitcoins wherever I want to. You know, you can't stop me. You can't tell me what software I'm going to, what, you You can't actually put the software on my computer, I suppose, you unless the, unless they come to the boots and guns to my house, and, and that, that is a not very scale, scalable world worldwide, but um, I, I think that, that, is that what you're talking about? Like an intranet is like, oh, if we all just used 
our Bitcoin on Cash App yeah. or on Coinbase and we just sent them yeah. between our Coinbase accounts. It's like, well, that's why I don't use Coinbase. And that's why when I'm helping people get into it, uh, you slowly get them onto a wallet and you explain why it's uh, why it's important that you need to hold your own keys, right? Yeah, but then, you know, if everybody gains their coins through KYC exchanges, then the government could just, you know, issue an executive order and then claim that, you know, uh, these coins that are not within exchanges, they are undesirable. And yeah. that we want them to send them back. Are they going to be illegal or suspicious? Well, yeah, I think that's uh, when they're going to start doing shit to us. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, go go ahead, Rob. Yeah, uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm not too eager about you know mainstream adoption because I I do think that that that's also a risk or like attack vector uh, if you get too many people into Bitcoin too easily and you know just to get into log into Coinbase and buy your coins over there. Uh, that's not probably what we want, even though the price would probably rise up within that. But uh, it's really important to preach people about this, you know, controlling your own keys and uh, running your own node. So uh, the 6102 isn't that easy to do. And I think it's all about, you know, raising the cost of attack. So with for example, with gold, it was, of course, you have to, like, it, it is expensive. You have to use a lot of resources and uh, human power to actually go in there. But the easiest part was because people were so obedient and they just brought the gold to you. You didn't well, even have to, like, use that much of force. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'd, I'd actually love to comment on that, Ralph. I, I think, um, and this is a point that, you know, um, Heavily armed clown and I, who uh, who I run the Bitcoin echo chamber with, and helps me run the WTF happened in 1971.com site. Um, we talk about this a lot, and I think it's a it's a concept that even a lot of Bitcoiners may not fully understand because we've been kind of just messing with these ideas and 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 really coalescing them. Is the idea that gold, while what was the best money that we'd known for the last five thousand years, um, in 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 many ways, uh, it also failed us as money. And it didn't just fail in 1971. It failed long before that. It failed before 1913. It failed society a number of times in the 1800s. Uh, and the reason is because, uh, well, we weren't holding our own keys, right? Our, our own keys to the gold was holding the gold coins. Um, and and even then, um, it was not easy, easy. Even before that, when we actually used gold coins, it's very difficult to assay gold on every single transaction. So there was the idea of uh, actual debasement where they would clip the coins or, or melt them down. Um, and, uh, oh, did I, did you get muted, buddy? Um, no, 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 sorry. I just um, raised my hand that I, I, I will comment after you, sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so so, but basically, I'm 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 ranting here. But that gold failed in a number of ways. Uh, but it ultimately was failing on a societal scale um, because we didn't transact with it. We left it all in vaults, and uh, it 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 was easy for them to six one zero two because ninety percent of the gold was already in the banks, right? And we were all using little pieces of paper. And why were we using little pieces of paper? Because gold is not very portable. It's not very verifiable. It's not very recognizable um, uh, into individual units. Um, so it's not as standardized in size. Um, it's not as easily divisible. Uh, these are all these properties of money that uh, Bitcoiners talk about a lot. 
Um, but gold, gold is terrible in comparison to Bitcoin, especially in the modern global world where we're moving um, money around uh, and doing economic transfer um, globally across borders all the time. Uh, it's just it's just an awful money. Right. And it's, it's funny because the Austrians have been championing gold as, as would be a savior of society. But I think once you have this perspective of Bitcoin and get to look at the system from the outside, you get to see how broken it really was and how many times it broke. I mean, go back and look at the history. Every single banking panic, every single time, it was because of an inflation of paper money supply on top of the gold and the liquidation of that malinvestment. Coming back to reality, the gold was the anchor. It would keep us to come back. But each time there would be a crisis, right? So why not just avoid the crisis and use the money at the base layer? And that's what uh, we, we, we want to do. We want to settle to the base layer. Um, and what's interesting about the Lightning, last last thing I'll say is the Lightning Network, um, while it is not settling on the base layer, it is intrinsically and cryptographically tied to um, the base layer. You cannot create Lightning Bitcoins. You can't inflate Lightning Bitcoins uh, that we know about. Um, but it, because it is intrinsically um, tied into the code that like you can't. You can't spend a lightning Bitcoin without Bitcoin, uh, actual Bitcoins on chain being locked into a two out two multi sig contract. Uh, it it still avoids uh, those problems. So, uh, back to you, Rob. Yeah, uh, sorry to cut you in. I have to get off right now because I do. Oh, okay. Hey, so thanks for hanging out with us, dude. No, no, I appreciate it, man. Uh, great talk to you as well. Thank yeah. you. Same guys. See you guys tomorrow. Bye All bye. Right. See you. Bye.